Welcome to the Nixus Podcast. I'm Melanie Nix, your host. Uh, today I'm joined again with Ames because Ames is in training to become the next host of the Nixus Podcast. Tonight we're sitting down with Spooky from Spellgrinder, which you can't see right now, guys, but we're winning. We're wearing the Spellgrinder merch. Yep. Welcome. You'll be embarrassing. <laughs> now nah, I'm glad to be winning somebody so cool. Come on now. Oh, you look very cool in it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ems, you want to kick us off? Let's go. Hi, that evening, everybody. Hi. Okay, what is the story behind your stage name and band name? All right, all right. Well, my stage name is Spooky Von Amdua. And, uh, yeah, believe it or not, my parents did not name me that. You know, uh, so I wanted to have a cooler name for this band, and uh, I really admire uh, Danzig and Misfits and Sam Hain and uh, Erie Vaughn. I always thought Erie Vaughn had a really cool name, and uh, Erie Spooky, shortly from Erie, but Spooky Vaughn, like that's that's I could get sued. So, uh, you know, uh, I went with Spooky Von Amduat, Amduat being the Egyptian Book of the Dead, because I love Egyptian shit. And it's very cool, it's very spooky. Uh, so, there it is, Spooky Von Amduat. And then Spellgrinder, the band name, uh, I, had a, I had a concept for what I wanted Spellgrinder to be. I had a sound, I had a really, really crystallized concept, and I either, I had some songs written, had some songs partially recorded, and when I was ready to start unleashing it, I had to brand it, and I needed a cool name that sounded heavy metal and rad, and uh, I wanted to get a name that sounded ordinary. <laughs> I wanted to get a name that actually just sounded like some ordinary heavy metal band. And a lot of heavy metal bands lately have this, thatter kind of names. Like, you know, Butt Slapper, Cat Kicker, you know, like all these band names where it's a this, thatter. And uh, then I started thinking about, you know, just, you know, Spellbinder, you know, like, like kind of... You know, that's cool, but yikes, you know, that's not cool, that's not tough, you know, that's not really going to have any street cred, it kind of sounds, you know, it sounds like a foreigner song, right, it sounds cool, but that's not metal, you know, so, uh, you know, um, my wife, practicing witch, bad bitch, you know, and uh, we like that witch imagery, we like that kind of, the evil shit, and also like, um, first single was gearing up to be grimoire, and uh, I thought spell grinder, or spell yeah spell binder school. I like spell, but like binder that's not cool, you know. Grinder grinder sounds hardcore. It sounds dirty. It sounds sleazy. It sounds like a gay wizard dating app, which <laughs> which is metal as fuck. So you know that's that's why we chose that. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> you know, I, we believe in being loud and proud. And, uh, yeah, Spooky Von Amdelot and Spellgrinder, even though they kind of seem like they're, they're in line, 
they seem like they're esoteric. They've always been there. And you know, I'm a little, I'm a little older than most people that are younger than me. It's a scientific fact. Who knows that believe it? And uh, and uh, you know, doing something that helps me blend in with the crowd is good. You know, I, I could act like I've been around since the '80s. And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, totally, yeah." Oh yeah, Spellbinder. Yeah, I like your early shit. You sold out. Started recording it, you know. But <laughs> you guys have the sound too, though. It's, it's metal. It's but you guys have a. It, it's not just the trash metal, the black metal. We hear a lot of right now. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, like we are. We're heavy metal. So <laughs> like heavy metal is the first of the metals. Right, and it was a bunch of guys that they listen to rock and roll, and they're bad motherfuckers, and they wanted to play it louder and harder. But it was influenced by what was around. It was also influenced by wanting to freak out squares, piss off their parents, like fuck shit up. And uh, I do like heavy metal. I'm, I'm not just being like, no. So I listen to just like fucking Johnny Cash, and then this is me. No, no, I love heavy metal. Um, but it's not heavy metal where it's like here's the metal and then people just start adding words in front of it to explain why they don't play as much of the spectrum as you know Sabbath, right? And that's cool. Uh, but I love a lot of things and they're all represented in anth uh, anthrax. You think about anthrax. I got a bunch of anthrax right in front of me right now. I got like. I love anthrax. There's a lot of anthrax in Spellbinder, and that's thrash. But it's the it's the big four band that everyone's kind of like, eh. but out of the big four, my favorite is anthrax. You know, and uh, then it it's music that's designed to appeal to me when I I mean now when I was younger and I grew up I was a punk rocker still punk rocker. You know, I like shit to be kind of like dangerous. You know, I don't like being spit on, you know, but like, you know, like that kind of like gross, dangerous shit was cool to me as a kid. Uh, and I like the look, you know, I like that kind of stuff. When I was a kid, and I love Pantera. Pantera is another big part of Spellbinder in big riffs. That kind of pissed off Leonard Skinner thing is in there, you know, like, I love that shit, you know. I just, I don't have those chops, but like, record on like dime gear and stuff like that. That that all kind of went into the sound of Spellbinder. Uh, but it's music that isn't so limited by a look. Something that was like, you know, time would kill certain things. And certain things they shouldn't have been killed, but there was something wrong about them. Like their pants were too fucking tight or they were crimping their hair too much, or they were singing too high. You know, like time and things start looking tacky, but there's things that unify all of that are just always going to be cool. And even if you're fucking grunge, you can listen to some shit by Skid Row, you'd be like, fuck, that's, that's fucking dope. Or if you're fucking like, you know, if you're metal as fuck, black metal, you can listen to Bleach by Nirvana and be like, this is fucking metal. You know, like, like you can see that there's these esoteric strains of dangerous, bad rock and roll people. Now I wanted to make music like that, that appeals to me. I didn't want to sing about my fucking feelings. I wanted to sing about horror stuff only. So, so Spellbinder is basically like Tales from the Crypt. It's 
they're all little moral tales about like murder, but like things turning around, these plot twists, and that keeps me interested, hopefully keeps the audience interested. Uh, but yeah, lyrically, thematically, they're little horror vignettes. Musically, it's supposed to appeal to women and men, you know, it's not supposed to just be like fucking 14-year-old boys to 15-year-old boys only, you know? Like, I want to have that that bar science at least 30% win ratio because that's what attracts the dudes too and now we're having a party and now we're in Motley Crue fucking territory and you can't, you know, that shit's cool and Spellbinder, yeah, this is a long explanation of our music and our music is actually really fucking stupid and simple which is it, it defies how long this explanation is and yes, being stupid and simple is part of it too again, punk rocker, I'm a minimalist so, you know, um... But you can see everything you've just said now you can hear in your music. Um, uh, it could appeal... I could see myself sitting with my dad and my dad would be like, oh, this is good, this is good shit. You know? yeah. And I could sit down with my kid and I'm sure my kid would be like, ooh, what is this, you know? It, there's no age limit. There's no... Your songs are... They can appeal to everybody. Oh, thank you. I, I also... There's elements that are there to bum people out or to challenge people, you know, it's, uh, like in our first single, there's ice cream changes, like 1950s kind of doo-wop ice cream changes on the bridge, it's like, what? And that was just right from the first statement, I did that in to just kind of like, you know, kind of throw people off because spell grinding is going to be a little weird, like I incorporate glam rock elements, which, you know, and I wasn't thinking about being like crude you know, those bands, I like, which I like them, but uh, I like uh, T-Rex, and I like Sweet, and I like, uh, you know, like that old kind of glam rock, I like David Bowie a lot, you know, and I like uh, The Look, uh, but also it was a revolution in stripping down rock and roll to its essentials, because rock was getting very progressive around 1970, 1971, and Mark Bowling is playing just stripped down, boogie woogie stuff, and it's fucking, that's glam rock, you know? And uh, punk rock was very similar to that in that it stripped the music back down to the form, so Spellbinder has that minimalist deconstruction of the form element in it. Like, I do have some kind of like shreddy solos, but I'm not, like, I'm playing all the guitars, I'm okay. You know, most of the most of the guitar that you're hearing is my solar guitar because I'm a solar guitar artist, and uh, you know that that's where all the vibe comes from. Just my guitar fucking plays itself, but otherwise it's me. Because <laughs> we're sitting down with you right now, but I know that there's at least two other people in the back. Sorry, guys, we're having thunderstorms tonight, so you're gonna hear thunder through the mic. Yeah, yeah, thunder, like that's, that's the vibe. We have thunderstorms because this is an evil, evil podcast. Spooky. Shit. Yeah, like in the background we have Michael Myers just like lurking. Yep. Just chilling. Yeah. He's thinking about knocking over my solar guitar, but he knows like I would fuck him up. Because I am a supernatural being and I don't tolerate that shit. Don't do it, Michael. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's my longest explanation I can give you at the moment for what my music is like in a way. <laughs> of course, what I like better than how I describe my music is how people reach out to me and describe my music. And that's, that's even more fun. It's actually opened my eyes to things. Like, um, people told me it sounded like Rat being raped by Megadeth. Okay. It's like... I don't listen to Rat, so I, so I started listening to Rat, and I was like, I fucking love Rat. Rat's awesome. So, like, you know, I listen to Megadeth. Megadeth, love Megadeth, second favorite of the of the Big Four. That's hard because, like, Slayer wants to be my second favorite, but I really appreciate Megadeth. I, I, I like that fucking, you know, fork in a world full of soup kind of fucking attitude. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why I turned towards metal music. Metal, yeah, yeah. It's the metal attitude, the the the, the fuck you, the yeah, yeah. I needed that in my life, like yeah. And I I love I love I love enhancing the danger. Like I don't like making metal safe. It's like you should start accepting people with with lip rings. No, be freaked out by people with lip rings because they're bad people. Don't fuck with them. You know, like you know, like that's how it needs to be. Don't you know, like. I don't like it safe. Like, dude at the bank, like, full fucking face tattoos now. It's like, I mean, good for you, buddy, but, uh, man, don't you miss being unemployable? Wasn't that cool? You were scary. Like, you know, now, now, like, I was like, oh, he's a good guy, you know? Don't you miss being in your band? (laughs) Yeah, I want to make, I want to make metal dangerous and, and bad again like you know like it is for like good people too but it's also for some sick fucking people and i and i like that you know and i you need to be able to freak out your parents you can't lose the right and the ability to freak out your parents and the thing is you'll always be able to freak out your parents but it's safe to freak out your parents with just some good mildly satanic horror-based murder metal you know like that's that's Spellbinder's got you covered, you know. Play it like a little louder than you should. Your parents will be like, eh, "Should we talk to them?" <laughs> I think I think I smell pot. Pot. <laughs> my kids, my poor kids can't get me away with music. If they start playing metal, I'll be like, "What's that? What's going on?" I know because everyone has cool parents now, so that's why it's harder. They gotta be, you know. Everyone's got cool parents, and like, and we're kind of the kids with cool parents, you know. My mom looked like Pat Benatar, but my dad looked like Ned Flanders, so like that's why I have my edge. <laughs> so, so who's the, who's Spellbinder? There's Spooky, and there's let's get a little introduction. That's my right hand man, who's alcohol. Oh. Um, so my partner in crime. Uh, if you watch our music videos, if you see our Instagram or our Facebook at Spellgrinder, one word Spellgrinder. Uh, the beautiful young lady that's with me, that's Nephthys, that's my wife, and uh, she high harmonies synthesizer, and when we perform, she's go go dancing. And uh, we kind of have like a Lux an ivy cramps kind of uh, interplay between the two of us just so you're not seeing just 
a bunch of dudes in their 40s fucking sweating for me. You know, there, there, there's there's a performance going on because we respect your time, we respect your energy, you know. Uh, it's more inviting for the ladies to see Nephthys there because it's not just a bunch of fucking, like, you know, creepy fucking dudes with, you know. We do play music that is very widely described as sleazy. That's another way that my, like, my music is described by many people as slick and sleazy, and they're not wrong. You know, there's that group of people that are like, fuck yes, dog grinder, fuck. Oh yeah, no, we're, we're, we're satisfying that void. Uh, my, my lead bass player, forgive me, alcohol, uh, my lead bass player is named Stone Wolfgang. And Stone is this badass motherfucker that, he's like a true blue, like, born and bred heavy metal dude. He's from the Bay Area. He's got, like, this Lemmy fog hat mustache. And he's like, I don't know, he's giant. He's like 6'5". Uh, he's a bouncer at a local bar here. Uh, he owns this legendary record store up in the Bay Area called Shaq Zool Records. And that made him ahead in that uh, Bay Area metal scene. And he gets us a lot of cred. Um, my wife, uh, rock and roll journalist, also Nephthys, not a real name. You know, she has, uh, she has always had a, a well, she, she it retired, but she's brought it back up, a rock blog called hardrockchick.com. And she's, you know, she was the, the rock writer for the Grammys for like seven years and uh, did all like the black carpet like uh, Golden Gods Awards and has interviewed Metallica and Lemmy and fucking wow. Dr. Kagan and all those motherfuckers. You know, a lot of people that, I mean, not that I really admired, but I didn't really hate. You find out that they like grabbed her butt, you know, it's, you gotta deal with that shit, you know, like, you know. Yeah. Hard rock is sleazy. It's, it's, it, that doesn't make it okay. Like, don't do that. I will. I'll cold cock you, and I wear rings. You know. So. <laughs> exactly. It, like you said, it is metal. It is. Yeah. Hey. It, you know. The mentality of everything. Yeah, everyone's being debaucherous. It's a performance. Bless their hearts. And you know, she's a beautiful lady. You know. Uh, but yeah, she she's doing. Yeah, Stone is on bass. Stone is. He looks like the, the child of Lemmy and uh, Peter Steele. You know, he's a big handsome man. He's a handsome man. And then uh, my drummer is a very shadowy, mysterious figure. Doesn't want to be known. So he goes by the name of E.Z. Mysterio. And E.Z. Mysterio, he, he doesn't want you to talk about it. He, uh... He's a shadowy, mysterious character. That's what he's doing, you know? Okay, so yeah, he, 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 he always wears a mask in our video. If you see our videos, there's always a dude in the mask that's Easy Mysterio. There we go. Don't talk about Easy Mysterio. Don't talk about him. We're not going to talk about you, Easy. We're you talk, about see, I, I, I don't remember how many times I've said his name, but basically he's one of those characters. If you say his name too many times, it's like a Bloody Mary situation. Like, he shows up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like, 
He's like thin, thinner man, whatever. He, he, he's uh, he's going to be creepy bosses about. Uh, how many times have I said his name? I don't want to say it one more time. I've like, said it too many times already. Yeah. Beetlejuice effect right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't fuck around with that guy. We do not fuck around with that guy. Uh, and yeah, and that's the whole band. Um, that's that's us. I record and produce everything. And I, I have it mixed and mastered, and I'm going to list him because uh, it's 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 a big part of our sound. I have it mixed and mastered by this guy, Philippe Gruber. Shit, I don't even know where he lives. I think he lives in like Argentina. But like, if I get the shit, if I get the if I get the country he lives in wrong, is it racist? <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, he's a good dude. He he makes our shit sound fucking huge, and yeah, I, and I found him on Fiverr, and I don't talk about him too much again because I don't want people's shit to sound as good as mine. Right? No, I want when, when you're listening to ten songs, you hear nine songs that sound okay, and you hear one song that just fucking stomps them out in that spell grinder. You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are using Fiverr people um, lately. Um, Nightfall told me he, from Nightfall told me that's where he found his singer uh, for like the songs that he has out right now. They have that. They have they have people that will like write you stuff. They'll have people that'll produce a video. Like anything there is, instead of finding some fucking weirdo on Craigslist, you could find a young or old or you know just. Well experienced, well seasoned, or a noob, but someone that can get in on the collaborative process with you. Um, like I think, I think my man Lowell, like he, I don't know if he did it through Fiverr, but he had a group called Cruel Juno, and they do like kind of like this Euro power metal kind of stuff. But I think he found all of his boys on Fiverr, and not only that, but there were people that he really admired. And uh, so he was doing basically a dream project, like he's got a singer that he thinks is great, some really operatic Italian metal singer, you know, and, you know, a bunch of these just fucking shreddy daddy dudes, like, just fucking, fucking tearing shit off, like, you know, and... Everybody on there, anything you need is on Fiverr, like, yeah. yeah. You know, we're running out of excuses not to do stuff, you know, uh, they're... they're Technology is it's good and bad, but there's some ways that you can pass up like if you are socially awkward. You can you can bypass your social awkwardness and you can work with people that you don't have to interact with like that. You can use you know, computers and synthesizers and drum machines and all sorts of nerd shit just so that you don't have to work with people or so that you know, like the most unnatural thing for me is maintaining relationships. <laughs> I am not easy to get along with. And uh, so, Spellgrinder, you might see a revol revolving inventory of band members, but just know, I'm your boy. <laughs> I'm making it. So, like, that, and that's what keeps Spellgrinder honest is uh, if someone, like, like, we've had, we've had three drummers. Um, our first, uh, our first, like, drummer... Great dude, but uh, his his uh, girlfriend, they got pregnant, and he has a kid now, but he had to get out of the band because 
You had to focus up on raising a kid and doing like judo. Not everybody has the same end goal, eh? No, not everybody has the, and you don't know what happens. I see a lot of movement like that in bands and yeah. Well, you know, and so that's the thing. Like because of the nature of bands, bands come and go if you build them on sand. If you build them where. Four guys have ownership. Well, that's a pretty unnatural relationship because having having one significant other is hard. Having four, that's really difficult. Getting those people in the same place at the same time to agree on something, so that it doesn't like suck, dilute the product, and then steer itself into a wall. Like that's really difficult. And to do that for more than one year, more than five years, and really, it's a longevity game. Because you need to meet your fan base, you need to make impressions, you need to you need to be around so that you can promote yourself, so that people can, and also artistically, so that you can grow artistically and figure out whatever you're figuring out. But it's really difficult when you're doing it with other human beings. And uh, Spellbinder, I use other human beings, but like. I um, Spellbinder is mine. I've written all the songs, except for except for All Murder, All Guts, All Fun. My man Danzig wrote that for us, but uh, you know. Uh, but Spellbinder is your baby. That's like Spellbinder, well, Spellbinder is my baby. Like I, I work really closely with my band so that they are, you know, it, it's worth their time. Uh, they're they're having, you know. Like it's not a waste of the time. Spellbinder is relatively successful, which is crazy, and it's because I've learned from my mistakes. Yep. I have I have closets full of records and CDs and tapes and posters and T-shirts and stickers of fucking bands that no one will ever fucking listen to because some fucking nerd spazzed out and welched on their their end of the agreement. So you know it, it's pretty frustrating. It's like what do I do with that shit? Yeah. Well, I slang it up on fucking Spotify, and I just, you know, because if you don't, then what was it, you know? Like, you know, you, you touch some people in those times when, when you're together, but, like, when it dies, my wife was just talking to me, like, I think you two are much younger than me, maybe, you know? Like, in, in, in the year 2000, the internet was still relatively young. There was not a lot of really good information on the internet about Nirvana in the year 2000. For some fucking reason, like, you know, now it's just like there's everything of all time. Except for, like, good luck finding a picture of Kurt Cobain without a goddamn filter on it, you know? Like, yeah. he, he didn't glow like that. He was a gnarly dude, you know? Stop, stop making Kurt Cobain look angelic, you know? Uh, <laughs> he pardoned. Uh, but, uh... They like to make him look very angelic, and then you look at Courtney, and they make her look trash. <laughs> they yeah. make Courtney look trash all the time. Yeah, well, Courtney was angelic trash. Like, you know, I mean, I was in love with her. I love Courtney. <laughs> you know? Courtney was a big inspiration to me growing up because she didn't give a shit about what other people thought. That, but she was also like, I mean, she seemed like she was out of fucking control. And, and she is genuinely, she's a dangerous artistic person. You know, she's very hard to control. 
but she's also really fucking smart and she always made good moves. Her comebacks were smart, her career choices were smart, like even her bad choices are you know, she's she's a legend, you know, like you know, like if she hadn't made half those bad choices she'd only be seventy five percent the legend that she is. Like she's she's amazing. Like I love I love fucking her. But you know what I love more than Hole is L fucking seven. And L seven is like they're they're about a quarter of the suck. <laughs> Uh, they're about a quarter of the 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 formula for spellbinding. You know, I love L7. Like they write really good, engaging, hard pop. You know, <laughs> it's great. You were mentioning before about writing your own music. Um, what's your creative process behind all of your writing and the feelings through your music? Yeah. Well. Uh, my creative process, I don't have just one because I need to be writing and creating whether I feel like it or not all the fucking time. And so, uh, it, for me, it's about discipline. And I, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 41. I've been doing music professionally since you know, 19, you know, so, uh, I've gone through all manner of phases, but like I can't wait around for inspiration. So I write by hook or by crook. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like carrying like little, uh, I, I carry little bits of paper in my pockets with a pen, and I'll write down rhymes. Um, you know, in the last few years, most of that I'll do on my phone, you know, and I'll text myself uh, rhymes or full songs that pop into my head. Uh, I wake up. At about 5 a.m. if I'm lucky. Sometimes I wake up like 4, but like I wake up early every single day. And for the first like two hours of my day, I have it to myself and I use it as a creative time. And I watch horror movies or I'll play like fucking video games. I play like Dr. Mario or Tetris or like what I just played like uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And what that does is it clears my mind, and uh, and you know, like I'll put on a record and I'll listen to stuff, and you know, I'll just get ideas, and it'll just kind of get me going, and I'll just start writing. I could write full songs. Sometimes I'll put on a horror movie, and I'll write an entire song that goes along with the movie. Uh, I watched a movie called Planet of the Vampires, and uh, that that has a song which it's. I already have a Spellbinder's second album half recorded, and Vampire Women from Planet X is, is that movie, and it's a it's a burner. But uh, it my writing process that's lyrically, I'm always jotting down ideas. Um, musically, I got a guitar in my hands all the time, always riffing, always thinking about hooks, always thinking about. Uh, I believe that songs should have a big, memorable, infinite chorus, but they should have a verse that's a grabber too, so it's not like, I, I don't, I have a really short attention span, so I like to have a slamming intro that goes right into a verse that has a hook in it that's a grabber, that has a fucking like pre-chorus that sets you up for a chorus that's going to knock you on your butt, and that is the, uh, 
that's because I like music that does that. I Spellbinder plays short songs, so part of the, the, the songwriting process during the uh, the during the part where I'm arranging it is I keep everything really tight. A lot of my criticisms from my peers is like, oh, dude, that riff is cool. You should play it for like 15 more fucking minutes before the vocal comes in. It's like, right on, but Spellbinder's not that band. Like, again, like the minimalism, the Ramones, stripped down, glam rock aspect, you know, T-Rex kind of thing. Um, Spellbinder's songs clock in on an average of two and a half to three minutes. And that's because I like keeping my shit tight. Uh, I like it to roll. I like I like kind of like pop radio friendly formats where it's just that's what grabs my ear. I get really fucking bored listening to like the nine minute acoustic intro before the drums even kick in. Like it's gotta be like stairway fucking good to get me to even sit down that long. You know, like Pink Floyd can do it because they're incredible. But, like, some group of fucking dads, like, playing, like, fucking, like, festival sludge, like, it's really hard for me to, like, invest that much time of my life into two chords, you know? Like, so, I I keep my shit tight, you know, and, uh, because that's what's very interesting for me. Um, that's, that's part of the process, uh, and then... Uh, just, it has to be something I, I would listen to, something that I think is interesting, it has to be kind of challenging, it has to kind of satisfy what I believe Spellbinder is, but, uh, well, our first album is complete, like, go check out our first album, like, go check it out on Spotify, and like most people, I don't hate Spotify, like, we do okay on Spotify, um, and Spotify directs people to, like, if they like that, go check us out beyond, like, we're, um, shit, I think by the time this actually airs, um, vinyl will be in stock. So people, go check out our band camp. You can do it on any day. You don't need to just wait till Friday. I don't give a fuck. I, I just want to know you guys. I want to meet you guys. I want you guys to be rocking, Spellgrinder. Um, I... I don't want you guys to trick algorithms. I don't want anything weird. I, you know, there's a guy out there like me that when they find a certain fucking band that blows their goddamn mind, they're just like stoked. And Spellbinder stokes me. Like I fucking, I make it for me. Like when I listen to Spellbinder, I can't wait to smile off him because I fucking love him. It. It's just, it's very exciting. It's very fun. Um, but uh, you know, that I'm trying to just get under the noses of people, like, organically, like, if you like Spellbinder, you know a friend that likes shit like Spellbinder, go talk to that one fucking fan, just like, you know, um, I, I love the bands, supporting band stuff, and all that kind of stuff, but like, my, my strategy for reaching an audience, um, it incorporates knowing these, these amazing pockets of people. But um, there's a hundred of them that I know now. They're all amazing. I can't wait for them to all meet each other, but it's exhausting. And the, you know, <laughs> like what I'm saying is like, well, how would you like if a wildfire went and just like destroyed the the ones that are on the fence? 
<laughs> like you know, like go ahead and make it make meet each other at all, you know, because these are all kind of small ponds and they're all great and they all really support each other. But they're small ponds. And I would love these guys to all start meeting each other. Well, like now, each other. Yeah. And they're doing it. Like and I and I see I see a lot of like great bands, uh I can't even say their names, like Tarwo and Sepsis and um, Toxic Executioner and all, all all these great people that are really involved in um you 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 guys channel I met you guys and you know. It's well, great, well, but like it's just there's so much of it and uh like you said many pockets. Uh, we're in one of them. Like yeah, yeah. That little Facebook community that we're in. Everybody's helping each other out. Everybody's sharing each other's music. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't like going outside. Yeah. <laughs> Deeply, it's, it, it's scary. Yeah, like social anxiety. So for me, doing this, doing, I like it. I can communicate with people. I think the only thing I like doing when I go outside is going for a show or getting food. Or yeah. coffee, coffee's life. So I'm, I'm, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, uh, I had that so bad, I couldn't even order pizza on the phone. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it. It's not cool, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't project strength. I need to project strength. But <laughs> I'm doing a really, I'm doing a really strong hand gesture right now. But uh, surpass that. That's yeah. Strange. So yeah, like well, spell grinder. Like, that's why I have all these bands no one's ever heard of. I just said, well, I'll write a song so cool that I don't have to do that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, my, my, my poor wife, you know, it's not cheap to make just a short run of 20 t-shirts in each size with one color. It's not inexpensive, you know? And, uh, well, no, it's not. It's, that's a, that's a quadruple negative, maybe, so I'm confusing myself because of my friend over here, my buddy. So, uh, what was I talking about? Shit. Your t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, I, I really challenged myself with Spellbinder to do the opposite of everything I had done in all my previous projects. And it's really unnatural for me. And I, I, I managed myself. I, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm not managed by myself. I'm managed by a guy named Francis Silver, the family that invents silver. And, uh, yeah, he was Elvis's lawyer. Very, very famous lawyer, yeah. And he's our manager, too. So, yeah, that, that's it. It's not me. But, uh, you know, we, we, we make big moves because the, the things that used to keep me, like, from being as successful as I could be, you know, I mean, like, I was doing, I was touring, I was doing sessions, but maybe I wasn't achieving my goals because I was not being as adventurous as I could be, you know? And, uh, I wasn't networking like I should, like, you know, but I remember one time my buddy, and my buddy, he's in goddamn, he's in foreigner now, he's a cool dude. I remember he took, he was going to take me to go meet the cult one time, and I, I always think, man, would I be in the cult? Would I be in the cult now? No. <laughs> but you know, it's just like I, I, I needed to stop like blowing shit off just because I was tired, stoned, and anxious. And uh, and uh, yeah, spell grinder. I've challenged everything about myself so that like uh, I'm not going to just 
offered this up to my friends who don't listen to my fucking music for some reason. My, my friends won't listen to me. So that's the other thing. Like so, like Spooky, that's a uh, that's an alias. Um, my my real name, like my real friends, they never even heard Spellbound. My my friends don't know what Spellbound is. I, I I got a handful. Like my 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 friends will see this interview. I will be sharing this and stuff. But uh, and yes, you'll see like. I do have friends. I've actually made friends at Spellbinder, but some pre-Spellbinder friends, they're in on it, you know, but, uh, I don't... That way, I noticed that for, for most people, it's like me, I have a handful of people in my actual life that will listen to this, I people. Yeah. The rest of them, they don't even... Yeah, yeah, because support is exhausting. Oh, it's yeah. Fun. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, like, I've never been able to get my... My, my like in cool like I got a lot of friends and family but it's just like okay they've all bought your shirt now what you know and like now your band's just like dead you know you just doggy paddling forever with, with a closet full of shirts uh, you know so so I had to challenge myself to get out of that like um and I got a solar guitars artist uh, endorsement for the ninth time they're proud <laughs> um the first time I reached out to that company for an artist endorsement, I was rejected. And uh, I found out what I had to do to not be rejected. I worked harder, tweaked the formula, went back in, got it, you know? Like, and that's, that's kind of how I've been tackling my shit, you know? Like, my goddamn wife. When I first asked her out, when I first asked her out, rejected. <laughs> Said, nope. No, I mean, I, I, I took no as no, I did. But, uh, you know, I just kept putting out the vibe and made it happen. Because, so you know, can you take the no, but it doesn't mean that you can't be like, oh, oh I crave the no now. Like, I, I, I live to be rejected because apparently that is what drives me forward. And if I'm getting rejected, it means I'm trying something. And I can tweak the formula to, uh, you know, to level up, uh, I if you try something, there's two outcomes. Yeah, spellbinder just, just fail. If you I'm don't sorry. try, you just fail. Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. You you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, man. Yeah. yeah so, uh, um, with uh, spellbinder just got a placement on. There's a movie that's going to be coming out soon called The Forest Hills, and it's Shelley Duvall from The Shining. Uh, from oh man, what is that Hulk Hogan movie? It's not Thunder in Paradise. It's not, oh like Suburban Commando, the greatest movie of all time. Suburban Commando. Have you watched it, ladies? No. Hulk Hogan. Commando. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, Shelley Duvall. So Shelley Duvall's in it. She hasn't been in a movie in 20 years. Uh, Eddie Furlong's in it. Um, got. The dude who played uh, John Connor in Terminator 2, like the man, John fucking Connor, uh, and uh, just it, it's really cool. It's a horror movie, werewolf movie. Spellgrinder just got placement on that soundtrack, which that's that's a big deal. Uh, a deal that was not made easily. <laughs> I got out of a cut comfort zone, hustled, got rejected. Said no. Bam! Made it happen. <laughs> right back at it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a uh, that's what we're doing. That's part of the creative process. Is uh, selling it. 
So you get told no, you push again, you try again. Like you have to. Yeah. Gotta be a lot of no's. Yeah, have to. Let's take a little break and let's listen to Five Point Star. We've been talking about your music, talking, let's let them listen about. We just listened to Five Points of Star Feldranger. Um, that's your newest single? That's the singles we're pushing right now, right? Yep, those are them. Five Points Star and I won't even talk about the one you're going to do. I don't want to let air out of the tires, you know. I want people to... Oh, you've got to stick around later, guys. Yep. Yeah, Five Points Star, we've got a video for it. It's a, it's a ripping, ripping song with a ripping, ripping video. Featuring uh, a chick in it that is stacked in go-go dancing and a rubber monster that is stalking and killing. So, actually, no, that's that's the other one. No, so forget that I said that. I'm now I'm letting it out of the tires. No, this was a different one. <laughs> 
Whatever. That's all right. We're, you're going to hear the, the song later for that monster in the plastic suit. Yeah. Very you know, reminiscent of the old-time uh, movies, right? Old horror movies. Love old horror movies. New horror movies, good. Like, all, all genre and uh, time of horror, those are good. But uh, the old ones, those are the ones that we were raised on because we're of age. Classic horror movies. Classic. Yep. Horror movies now are good. And some of them, I can't take it away from them. Some of them are really good. Uh, yeah. Or just ooh, scare reaction. And I'm not very into the get scared like that to scare me. Like, I don't want to sleep at night. Freddy Krueger had me awake every night. Like, that's my horror. Like, you make me scared at night when I close my eyes. Don't just make me jump and then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not fair. What's the plans for the coming months for you? Oh, coming months? Oh, so we are going to be um, making more music videos um, to promote the latest album release. And uh, it's going to be a video for every song so that those can travel far and wide, promote us abroad like... Uh, along with playing, but, uh, you know, playing in a room, you got 15 to 350 people that you are going to rock. A certain percentage of them are going to go buy a t-shirt, tell their friends, blah, 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 it's great. Costs a lot of money to go there. <laughs> you know, takes a lot of time and energy to go there. You're smelling a lot of people's socks. And, uh, you know, and who's going to feed your cat? So, uh, that's, that's a hard thing to do. We do it, but um, Spellbrand needs to always be moving, always be being promoted. So uh, we work really hard to uh, connect with people with our social media, but to give people like a visual representation of what we are, what we do, what we're all about. Uh, and like just to visually enhance our very rad music. Uh, uh, we're we're throwing in the music videos and um, you know the the visual theme is somewhere between like like a white zombie like the Thunder Kiss '65 video and like those early Danzig videos where he's just like mugging and it's black and white and he's like some like naked chick and then he's mugging you know <laughs> like that's that is Spellbrinder's vibe. I love that sexy, rad shit. And um, we live in the desert, very scenic, great for filming, uh, very inspirational place. Should have mentioned that as part of the creative process, you know. Going around the desert, that's why we have so many songs about murder, because, like, there's probably, there's probably a serial killer in the desert right now, like, faux show like there, there's there's enough unsolved murders that kind of like line with each other it's like okay there's some dude out here just like you know chopping fools up but uh you know they were from the desert at night yeah but they won't do it to me because uh i am not good eating <laughs> my my meat is uh sinewy and uh and leathery and they would not enjoy it because, of course, it is a cannibal. Because this is 29 Palms, the gnarliest place on Earth. It used to be Compton. 
It used to be like, you know, whatever, but now it is 29 pounds. Like, you may live in a town where you hear gunfire and, and sirens from time to time. But in my town, we have a marine base, and in that marine base, like, you have, they drop bombs that will shake your windows. And they do it all night long, like three in the morning, your windows are shaking, your dogs are losing their minds. You know, people are like complaining about the 4th of July. They're like, listen, fireworks are not nice, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's going on here all the time. And like, in all like the, the groups online, we, we just call it like the sound of freedom. Because <laughs> it's just like, that's a Marine just like practicing kicking ass, you know? So, uh, you know, you try to put a, a spin on it, but uh, it's a rough neighborhood, man. And they put a chemical in the water out here that makes you not want to uh, hook up with people because they're trying to just keep the Marines focused. No, I, I'm, that's not true. I, that, that's <laughs> I, we're going down the rabbit hole right now, guys. Holy shiver! There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. The government's gonna come after us. We're we're done yeah. for, guys. Oh shit, yeah, SWAT team is swinging into my windows right now. It's crazy out here. Now, th there's a lot of really colorful characters out in the desert, and, uh, and conspiracy theories are very creative out here, and that's one of the more fun ones that I heard. You know, when I first moved out here, they're like, you're not drinking the water, are you? It's like, <laughs> why does this guy have a southern accent? There's no reason for it, except for like it's it's a very rural, gnarly area. So yeah, man, don't drink that water. You know, it, uh, <laughs> it'll make you, you know, it makes you not like the ladies because uh, you know, Marines, and, you know, and, and that's that's a popular one out here. Well, I'm I'm from Canada originally. I'm from Montreal. I'm in North Carolina now. So the gunshots stuff like that. I'm not used to that. So now I've been here for a while. I've been here over a year, like a year and a half. Canada, yeah, Canada has its rednecks. Like, Canada is like... We have guns. We don't have the first yeah. one. I heard people shooting here. I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. My fiance was like, uh, yeah, that makes celebrating. Just calm down. Yeah, I, well, see, I, uh, I love guns. I'm a gun lover. Love guns. <laughs> And uh, and uh, it, it was, it was kind of hard for us, like, before I lived here in 29 Palms, my wife, like, uh, my wife and I met, we got married when we lived in Hollywood, Hollywood, California, but uh, after living there for a while, we said, you know what, this is getting too expensive, it's not fun anymore, let's move to Texas, and, uh, and so we, we lived in Texas for four years. And uh, the fun thing about that is we had a ranch on the outskirts of town. You just go out in your backyard and just, like, shoot a pumpkin. <laughs> it was awesome, you know. No one asked about it, you know. Like, I knew what I was doing. I was trained. But, like, you know, you go shoot a pumpkin. Can't do that here. You see something, you know, like, some guy comes in my house. Like, I have to think about it if I'm going to shoot him. Because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> California's a weird place, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, don't shoot people. It's, it's not nice. Nice. It's, nine out of ten doctors say it's, it's bad for your health to, to get shot. So uh, don't do it. Don't shoot people. <laughs> don't do it at a Spellbrander show. At all.
ever. It's not okay. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Now I'm thinking about what we were talking about during the break. We're talking about Spellbrander. Spellbrander is the greatest band of all time that has ever come out of 29 Palms. That's clock. I know you get really busy um, with Spellgrinder and you're working really hard at the moment. How would you manage to balance all your music and all your other obligations around that? Ah, uh, organization, scheduling, <laughs> not waiting for inspiration, um, making things happen. Uh, it's actually, it's not sexy at all. But, you know, I wish somebody would have kind of like given me the tools because I didn't know <laughs> about organization. I didn't know about managing your time. I didn't know about that. I was just being very cool and authentic, you know? But uh, yeah, the way that I can do it is I make it happen. I, I, I write in the morning. I work during the day. I use Google calendars. This interview was in my Google Calendar. You know, like I use scheduling so I get reminders so I know what's happening. So I can look at my week and see what's happening. I do have a day job, you know, so I have meetings, I have deadlines, I have all these kind of things. What is my day job? I won't talk about it. So I have an alias. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that helps me keep the time available to work on Spellbinder. But here's the thing, like, there, that doesn't mean, like, I can put in Google Docs, like, record rhythm guitars at 3 o'clock because I might suck at 3 o'clock because I do have to be in the mood. The Cosmos do have to be aligned, but, like, I usually have about four projects open at a time, and I, ch if I burn out on one, if I just can't listen to it anymore, I'll pivot to one of the other three, or I will go out of the studio. My studio is in my house. Just it's a bedroom in my house. Not not that sexy. It doesn't have like a glass window with a fucking soundboard, and you know, I'm not doing that. Like this is a bedroom in a house. It used to have pink walls. Now it's a professional studio because it has black walls. You know, so. <laughs> but before that, it had to do some fucking grandma pink floral wallpaper. You know, but I was recording heavy metal in that. Like, there's video of recording, when I first started recording the Spellbinder album, it was a pink, frilly, granny bedroom that I was recording in, you know? I mean, whatever works, right? Yeah, yeah, but like that, it's whatever like, works. It does yeah. like this, and then slowly you start building and you start setting your stuff up, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't always have a good voice, so, like, if my vocals, my, I'll go and try to lay down some vocals. If my voice ain't hitting it, um, at all times, like, I mean, you guys have always seen me nursing this guy, but at all times, this is specifically for vocals. And, you know, it's lasted me a long time because I just take a little throat coat nip and uh, tequila. That That's a... I was in a, like a kind of like a classic rock band doing kind of a, you know, singing like Paul Rogers, <laughs> like doing one of those kind of things, soulful, you know, blue-eyed soul shit, and uh, 
tequila was keeping me so I could be in the zone, have that, you know, I got kind of like a raspy voice that's kind of high, so like when, when people talk to me on the phone, they think I'm like a lady that smokes a lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I misgendered all the time because I'm fucking beautiful, you know, but hey, whatever, whatever. So yeah, um, you know, but yeah, I, 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 I have tricks so that my creative process, like uh, balancing my obligations to include my creative process to facilitate it, is in my wife is understanding, like, she, because we, we both work from home. We work remotely um, for, uh, for the different companies, and uh, she doesn't bust my butt if it doesn't seem like I'm working, like, if I'm like sauntering into my studio. I'm playing some tasty solos while she's out there like on a work meeting, you know, and they can hear kind of like low-level like tapping under like a meeting. She's really supportive of that. She's very patient, you know. Uh, but then I'll just get to a point where I can't stand to see myself anymore. Go out and uh, answer some work emails. Make some ads in Photoshop. Do some bullshit, you know. Yeah. Go and like some goddamn posts on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll tell you right now, like that's a big part of how Spellbound has been able to actually reach an audience is I, it, it's unnatural for me to reach out to people. And that has prevented me from uh, reaching an audience in the past because that's not how audiences find people. They, they find people in different ways, but like if you just like post up and you don't go and interact with other people's shit, Instagram is not even going to fucking let people see your shit, you know, because, you know, I'm 41 years old, and you're talking about an algorithm, it's like, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'll tell you what, like, the, the people that interact with me, it's people that I interacted with first. I had to take the lead. So, uh, you know, that, that does take up time. And that's a great thing to do that uh, is fucking mind-numbing. It does, and people don't think it. They think we just get on the social media and just oh, post our shit. No, no, we talk to people, we comment on other people's posts, yeah. share other people's things, we talk yeah. in DMs, we talk in emails. Um, I mean, what I'm doing right now is pretty much the same thing as I was doing when I was with the band, and yeah. I'm working on some music on top of this. So I know that pretty soon all this podcast thing, I've reached to an audience, but now. I'm starting the music again. That's a whole new road of reaching out to an audience. Yep. Constant, constant, constant. Huh? Complaining. We're just tired. No, but and because of that work, it's always growing. It's always spiderwebbing yeah. out, and spiderwebs are fucking rad. And uh, yeah, shit's always spiderwebbing out so that... We can't just sit here and expect people to talk to you and start listening to your shit and your podcast or even show an interest in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah forgive me, I'm not getting naked, I'm just getting less dressed. Getting uh, warm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like what we're doing right now, making impressions, building relationships, going to go out, spread the word. I look forward to introducing you to all of Spellgrinder's beautiful fans. Spellgrinder has the most beautiful fans. I can tell you ladies are Spellbinder fans. I can tell. Because Spellbinder has the most beautiful fucking fans. Love Spellbinder. 
Also, Spellbinder's ugly fans are the ugliest fucking fans. And you know who you are, ugly Spellbinder fans. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you guys all meet up? I know you and your wife, so obviously. Yeah, there's that. And where'd they come from? Um, When I moved out to 29 Palms, I started... uh, I started writing and recording the album on my own uh, because I can, you know, and uh, and because that was part of the business model. Um, I had some uh, I had some singles in my belt with just me uh, on the tracks, uh, and those were released, they were successful, they had gotten me on a, um, not me, I'm sorry, they gotten Spellbinder, the greatest band in the history of 29 fucking palms. It used to be 28 palms, I planted an extra one because I am benefiting the world by being in a heavy metal band. And, uh, <laughs> It, you know that that kind of that kind of braggadocio isn't actually very popular anymore. So I'm bringing it back. You know? <laughs> I'm joking, of course, but uh, yeah, that, that stuff is funny to me. You know, it bumps it bumps people out because like I so I had a Craigslist ad, had a Craigslist ad just saying like Spellbinder, um, the greatest band in the history of 29 Bombs, uh, who's done all this rad shit, and we've been on a, we were on a Sam Hain compilation for Black Donut Records, which, that was a, that was a, that was a dream come true for us, big move, but at the time, it was just me, you know, and, uh, I had released a couple singles, and on the strength of those, we got included in that, and I was reached out to for that, which was the coolest thing ever, and because I found a lot of bands in my youth, through like underground punk and metal compilations. I've always wanted to be on one. And being on that, I also, like, I love being on the fucking radio, and I fucking love being interviewed. So, thank you ladies, like, I, I love this shit, you know? This is fun because I, I love rock and roll. You don't get into this shit on accident, like, like it, if people are not seeing what I look like right now, the backdrop in my fucking interview is not an accident. That's curated, so it looks cool. That's why I put the fucking title. It doesn't go there. I'm trying to look cool. You know, we coordinate your goddamn outfit, you know? My fucking, like, Danzig needs fucking, like, you know, Sisters of Mercy hair. That was carefully chosen, you know? Dangling earring, goddammit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a full look. It's a full look. Yeah, but, like, it's so... It's important to the essence of who you are. Yeah, so I had to communicate that in the ad, too, because I need people in Spellbinder that look like they would be in Spellbinder, because the, the concept of Spellbinder is a visual band, too. There's a lot of bands that have normal-looking dudes in it, and they're great, but Spellbinder can't be that band, because I'm a certain kind, like, I like that kind of, like, New York Dolls, Stooges, Ramones, Sex Pistols, Guns N' Roses, Rolling Stones, just kind of fucking like dirty, scumbag, fucking rock and roll, you know, your mama won't like him kind of fucking vibe. And, uh, 
And that's always that's always appealed to me. It's very sexy, very like dangerous to me. And like you know, bands with normal looking guys in it, like you know, me young punk rocker, it was really hard to look at bad religion because bad religion was fucking dad religion. You know, like it was just like some fucking dude in a shirt. You know, like doesn't have the, the yeah. Yeah. It doesn't match the... the and difference. I look, you know, and, and like, and I love bad religion, but I just love when the look aligns. I love Pantera, but like when I was like in the late 90s, early 2000s, I wasn't prepared to like a band that wore shorts. <laughs> like I, I couldn't do it. You know, like I like bands that wear goddamn pants. And yeah. if the bands are wearing shorts, it's ACDC. It's Lenny when he wasn't playing, and he's wearing like the shortest fucking shorts. Which uh, Motorhead is a big component in uh, Spellbinder. Uh, it, it's in their undercover and shit, you know, the danger of it. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, the look was a very important thing in finding the members. I had this, I had the Craigslist ad, and everyone that I had met through the Craigslist ad didn't work out. Uh, except I reached out to a guy in a band called Nova Cycle named Clint. Clint is now, he's in a band called Gay CDC, and they are a gay ACDC cover band. Okay. <laughs> but they change all, I mean, the lyrics are all very innuendo, but they changed the lyrics to be like more gay innuendos, and they're fucking amazing. And Gay CDC, um, I... Well, I met this guy, Clint, because I auditioned to be in a band called Nova Cycle through Craigslist because I was, I was getting frustrated. I couldn't find people to be in Spellbinder, so I was like, well, maybe I'll join another band. I can make contacts. And they were kind of like a, like a, like a, like a doom band. They were, you know, they were down tuned to like fucking drop beat. <laughs> you know, not my tuning. Spellbinder is a fucking 440 like standard tuning band. Everything we do is in standard tuning. That's that's a mission statement. <laughs> I might fuck around with like half, like tune down half a step at some point, like maybe third album. But right now we're 440. Uh, and then uh, through him, I met uh, like I was gonna go be in the band. They auditioned in a uh, oh I was gonna audition in a funeral parlor, in a funeral home in 29 Palms. And I was like, that's cool. That sounds metal. Yeah. But I ended up not doing it. But then Clint had to quit that band to join Gacy DC. And that drummer wasn't in a band anymore. And so I did what I was going to do anyways. And I headhunted, swooped in, I stole him. And so now I had a drummer and the ability to rehearse in a funeral home. And that's what we did. We rehearsed in a funeral home. Like, the first, I don't know, six months of Spellbinder as a physical band, we rehearsed in the funeral home. And that was cool, you know? It is. This is spooky shit. It was weird lighting in there. It all comes together. The look, the name, the, the, the playing in a funeral home. Come well, on. Yeah, there's some spooky, cosmic, coincidence coincidence like in, in all of this so yeah like I had met Clint so I did meet the, the drummer organically I, I did make Craigslist ads 
But I didn't really have anyone effective respond to them, except for my man Rallis, who's like a professional makeup artist. And you know, like Marilyn Manson mechanical animals? Rallis made Marilyn Manson's tits. Like, Rallis is like, the, he's the man. Like, Rallis is fucking pro, and uh, he's part of the Spellbinder family, you know? Uh, and I met him through Craigslist because he's like, hey, you live in the next town over and you like horror, we should know each other. And so we started hanging out. Uh, and, and then I met, uh, I met Stone because he did amp repairs. And we had a Craigslist ad for amp repairs and I had my, uh, I had a Dimebag Daryl amp that I needed to get repaired. So I was like, well, I'll try this pool out. And I roll up and it's Stone. And on his uh, on the ad, his name was was Glenn Hetfield. And uh, and I roll up and it's this big old fucking metal dude with the fog hat, you know. And I'm just like, uh, yo. <laughs> he's like, hey. And I was wearing a Misfits shirt. And he's like, oh, you like Misfits? Uh, you know, Glenn Hetfield's not my real name, but it's Glenn Danzig and James Hetfield. That's why I chose those names. Like, well, that's that's cool, man. You know, he's like, yeah, my real name is Stone. I was like, what? Stone's a cool name. Why would you change it? That's, what are you doing? And uh, and he turned out to be a cool dude. And I thought, see, like, I didn't want to reveal my ignorance because he came off like this heavy metal legend dude with, like, serious cred that I probably just hadn't heard of. And I would be revealing my ignorance if I was like, are you in a band? He'd be like, you stupid asshole. Don't you know I'm, I'm fucking, I'm Eddie Money. You know, and they're like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but he, he wasn't. He had some serious cred. I hadn't heard of him, but uh, I, he put up a video of him like playing on the amp. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's fucking awesome. So I started working on him like, Hey man, you should play in Spellbinder. And at first, I was working on him to play the drums, because he he can play drums, he can play guitar. He's better than me at guitar, and he plays bass like a goddamn Jedi. But if you have limited resources, and in the desert, we have limited resources, you know, um, it was really hard for me to to lock down like the drummers I've had, you know. Luckily, Easy Mysterio is a flexible dude, you know, but uh, he has his limits. And uh, and the other physical drummers, they had their limits. And, uh, you know, so Stone, I wanted to play bass because he's really cool. He looks great having up front. Visually, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. we're, we're within five years of each other age-wise, so... We should know each other. He doesn't look like an underfed scumbag like me, but like he gives balance and therefore helps us cast a wider net. So like, you know, with me, him, Nephthys, which gives us like a feminine balance, and then uh, whatever the hell's gonna be going on with our drummer, uh, which that's always something I have to keep in mind when uh, auditioning a drummer is, do they, do they groove? Do, do they, I mean, like, do they groove? Can they groove? Yes, they need to have a good pocket, good low, good chops, 
because our songs are not easy to play. But uh, um, they have to look like they're in a band with Stone and I. They have to not make Stone and I look like old perverts. They need to make us look like just perverts. The word old can't even creep in. So old. <laughs> we're, just, we're just perverts. We're not old perverts. But you need to take down the look. You, you yeah. can't have a suit and tie guy behind the drums when you guys are in front. You know, like, we get it completely. Yeah. I've had a couple dudes audition that are kind of like, you know, like just like surfer bros, which yeah, maybe, but I don't, I don't want to play dress up with guys. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, I mean, like, we got long hair, you know, good style, you know, cool, okay, you know. But I've had like some just straight up, just like dads just got off work, you know. Yeah. Nope, that's not gonna work because like I I can't sell that. That's not sexy. Like spellbinder has to be sexy. It has to has to make people want to bop, you know. Like it can't make people want to not bop, you know. That's that's the wrong vibe. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, it, it, and it has to take it together. Yeah, it, it has to. There has to be some because that's important to me. And so, uh, right now, we are like I don't have anything on the books right now because I had just fired our last drummer. He's a good dude. He's cool. He was fun to hang out with, but it just didn't work out. It is really hard to be in a band, but because Spellgrinder goes beyond the individual parts, you know. But yeah, so I I, I had managed to find um, all, all the people that have been in Spellgrinder live within 20 minutes of me. Actually, like Stone lives within three, he was like three minutes away from me. Like I was at his house this morning picking up uh, that green guitar. He was uh, he was souping it up for me. You gotta you gotta you gotta be really nice to guitars when you live in the desert. It's a dry place, so you know. So he, you know he's guitar tech, good guy to know. Good, you know you want to have your band needs to be like, or you know y'all like you need to be like a fully functional like production studio because all this shit costs money. If you can make your own videos. If you can do your own networking, if you can make your own merch, do it, because that shit is really expensive, you know? It, it, it adds up really quick. That's the thing, is that you think, oh, it's not that bad. It's like us, you know? We got the podcast, so we get the RSS feed, then you got the radio, which is another expense, then, and it adds up really quick. So yeah. now I'm looking into going to see shows. I mean, you guys are so far away. So if you ever come over here, it'll be a pleasure to see you guys play. Um, but I'm getting ready in June to go see a show to do a live interview after the show. Uh, so you know that's more expensive. That's so. But that that, that again, we're coming back to the connection. Yeah. Uh, being able to go see the bands, being able to meet with them, sit down and have a drink. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We. That's why we're on YouTube and Spotify, because I want people to be able to experience us for free. Because the, ex the obsession you will feel for Spellgrinder, you'll be broke if you buy all the shit we have. But if you can experience us for free, you will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you will enlighten your life in, a, in, 
in many ways, in five-pointed ways. Yes, five-pointed way. <laughs> let's, let's, let's check out Speed Chaser. Uh, let's enjoy some more spells right here. We're back with from Spellgrinder and Ames. We just listened to Speed Chaser. Now it's time to talk about go-go dancing and monster suit classic suit. Now it's time. Well, go-go dancing and, and, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, oh, the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so 
Yeah, well, go-go dancing exists in both videos because that's one of Netflix's primary functions in the band is to be a uh, a visual representation of the the chaos, but just undulating rhythm of our sound. She's always on the beat, you know. Sometimes she uses a fan. She's amazing, you know. Uh, we have live video and and pictures on our uh, on our Facebook. Instagram and and our YouTube. We're at Spellgrinder on everything, but we're at Spellgrinder six 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 on YouTube because some other fool had Spellgrinder and I haven't tracked them down and kicked their ass yet. So uh, you know, until then, Spellgrinder six 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 on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that video shot it. Um, same same. Uh, day and time as the uh, Five Point Star video just found a different cool spot on the road I think with uh, Speed Chaser we're in front of like those uh, those solar those, that solar panels which is very cool you know we're just driving around like oh that looks cool you know it's just like right off the road I'm not because it's 29 palms it's hot as fuck and I'm not trying to like get a sunburn, get heat stroke, get tan lines, like, you know, get really sweaty, like, and it, it was like 10 a.m., and it was hot, so, get off the side of the road, Netflix does a quick costume change, I think I took my shirt off, <laughs> to give another option, you know, and, uh, that's how that went, you know, and then I, then I wore my, uh, my very cool Danzig shirt for the indoor shots, uh, and uh, I think, oh yeah, Nephthys is wearing her red wig in that one because it's a good look. It, it, it looks good. Well, she really wanted to wear it. She's having fun with wigs. It's fun. It's fun to wear exciting, weird outfits and wigs, right? Like role play, you know. Uh, and also, just uh, visually, it looked good with the red wig and the green guitar. They were complimentary. Um, that's why the entire video is not in black and white, because I, I, I wanted to keep it black and white to differentiate it from the first video, but to put those outdoor scenes in black and white, it was a shame, because uh, the the complementary colors were, were fun, and they reminded me kind of of that, like, Thunderkiss 65 uh, kind of white zombie vibe. Also, we do have a little bit of, uh, of Beastie Boys in our music videos, too. Uh, Beastie Boys videos with lo-fi. Have you, have, you, have you seen the Beastie Boys videos? Like, uh, I'm, I'm seeing, you've seen a bunch of them. Like, are you familiar with Criterion Collection movies? It's, it's a collection of movies. They cost about 45 bucks a pop. They got a bunch of, like, supplemental features and commentaries and stuff. But they're supposed to be, like, the best movies of the genre or, you know, of whatever. But uh, um, they, they did a collection of Beastie Boys music videos. And that blew my mind because I had a bunch of, like, Kurosawa movies on Criterion and... I had eyes without a face on Criterion, and 
you know, like Robert Alton movies had like shortcuts, you know, on, you know, just like a bunch of like kind of like arty, you know, bullshit kind of movies. I mean, that are great, great movies. But then they put out the Beastie Boys music videos on Criterion. I was like, what the fuck? And, um, and I own it. <laughs> I love the Beastie Boys. But those videos, like, I mean, they, they have like a gamut. They have a spectrum of music videos. But their most effective music videos are lo-fi as fuck. Like, you could do it. If you have a cell phone, 10 minutes, and the Holy Spirit, you can make a Beastie Boys-like video. You just need to be inspired. You need to be creative. You need to not be self-conscious because you're acting like a fucking weirdo. You know, like, you're getting in the camera. You're doing all sorts of weird stuff. Like, one thing you'll notice about, like, those two music videos is, like, why are my hands up all the time? Like, in Five-Pointed Star, it's always just, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, it, it's communicating movement and energy because instead of just having some guy by pointing star by pointing star i'm standing by pointing star you know i mean i could have this like awesomely like off the fucking wall mix but if i'm statically standing just looking like kurt cobain all i mean kurt cobain even got animated sometimes sometimes he was sad but you know with sepsis that's what will from sepsis was saying during the interview Yes. The thing they do is planned out. Uh, every show, every performance, they write their songs according to what they have in their head. Okay, so if we're going to jump there, I can't, you know, okay, I'm going to do a guitar, so I'm going to flip the guitar around me. So uh, can I do that riff while I'm trying to flip my guitar at the same yeah. No, I saw that one. He takes it to a level. Uh, he's an energetic, like, yeah, he, he, cool dude. Like, I don't take it to that level. Like, I do like, I, I do keep my shows unscripted, but I also, like, my band understands that, like, we're like the Ramones, you know, the Ramones, like, videotaped themselves performing, watched it, and they're like, we need to spread our legs farther apart. We need to put our guitars farther down, you know? Uh, your jeans fit weird. <laughs> you know, just like, just shit. Like, you, know, yeah. you, you, you come up with it, you know, because there is a visual component, but uh, I've been in bands where, like, you knew after the third song, the guy's going to be like, how does everybody feel? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, that, it, that's cool, but, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, like, I, I kind of like, I like I like the dangerous stuff. I mean, but no, no, no. That that dude, he knows what he's doing. You you do need to plan out when those spins go because you need to do them. But you need to have all the parts represented too. So no, I know exactly what he's talking about. But like, uh, I do love unscripted danger, and I love freaking out my bandmates. Like, um, I love I love Skid Row. One of the things that I like about Skid Row a lot is uh, Sebastian Bach was untamable. Like, he's one of the most beautiful fucking boys of all goddamn time. Knows it. And because of that, he doesn't 
like, you can tell the dude's never done a fucking push-up. He's never, like, like, I mean, he seems kind of smart, you know? Like, he, he grew up, like, I think well-to-do and stuff, but he has, like, this kind of sense of entitlement, and he's just fucking reckless. And in interviews, he says the worst, most brutal fucking shit. Shit which I have to keep myself from saying, because I do admire people that say brutal, offensive shit. Like, I like that kind of challenge, but uh, there's a time and a place. Yeah. And uh, you'll notice Sebastian Bach ain't in Skid Row anymore. That's one of the reasons, is because that's really hard on... I mean, I have that kind of personality. I live to offend. But uh, it drives people away. Like it's exhausting. It, it does... It takes to do it. Yeah. It... it, it um, you know, it's hard for people to support you and stand by when you're constantly trying to test their boundaries. But I personally respect that shit. I love it. And I love that about Sebastian Bach. And I, and I like I like when, like, as a front man, I, I, I classically, I like challenging my audience. Now, because I'm usually doing my job well, the audience goes along with it, you know? Like, you know, I, 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 I win the room, but... Uh, I believe I like there's a way for everything. You could... You can yeah, yeah. You could be, you know, you don't have to be condescending. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, like, that's where the line is drawn. And people react to that. Like, Bill from Sepsis again. Yeah. You know, he was saying a lot of people don't like me. Well, it's because you're very outspoken, you're very loud and in your face. Um, yeah. No, he's got the Holy Spirit. Uh, and you can see, like, because uh, you have the, the gal next to him. Yeah. The the, you see it kind of like the, the balance right there. Yeah. The yin and the yang. That's <laughs> it works. And that's is what okay. I told him. I said, you're very loud, you're very in your face, but then you talk about Melissa and his whole personality changes when he talks about, you know, I'm doing this for her and, you can tell, like, and then Will comes back, Savant comes back. That's what I said. You have, like, your two personalities. You have William and you have Savant. Yeah. You can yeah. see them breaking through. Like, they're fighting each other. You know? Like, like, yeah. There's the stage personality. Like, this is what I want you to see. That's natural, you know? Um, he's the real deal. You know, there's people where you can see that, like, it's really hard for them to be interested. They're not naturally weird. <laughs> you know, like, some people, like, they don't have weird in them. They've had to learn how to appropriate weird. They've had to surround themselves with weird because they like weird. Because weird is weird. I used to identify with different types of weird than I actually was. Like, I used to, like, fucking, like, uh, like kind of like dorky pop punk like lookout record stuff when I was a kid like songs about guys that can't get girls but it's like wait I can get girls so like you know like I couldn't relate to that and that I wanted to I identified with it but then I realized at a certain point like well this is I like this but it's not for me and I like fucking cool sexy dangerous shit you know I like the cult I like Guns and Roses I like Danzig you know I like Danger, I, and you know what? I've started liking Motley Crue. Right, I, I, that's something that's come through being in Spellbinder is, uh, it's been suggested that Motley Crue sounds like Wasp. It's a band that I didn't listen to that much, you know? Um, 
you know, I, I was aware of Wasp, but like I never knew like, yeah, Wasp, that's the fucking band. Um, or Rat, or there's been a bunch of bands that people were just like, oh, you guys sound like this, and I, I don't even fucking listen to them. But in, in, after the fact, I listened to them, and it's like, actually, no, this is fucking dope. Like, like Rat is the best example, because Rat sounds like, one of their first two albums, it's got like Van Halen guitar tone, and I fucking love Van Halen. And then, uh, and then Stephen Piercy's vocal is fucking dangerous. He's got a dangerous voice. Like, at first he's just like, what's going on here? And then it's like, oh my god, I like this. And they got hooks and stuff like that. And then, like, after their second album on, they're kind of doing, like, this Aerosmith get a grip kind of thing, which I love that, you know? And, uh, yeah, they're fucking band I love, but, like, didn't listen to that until, like, you know, I, I, I started coming to these weird epiphanies through Spellbinder, you know, because I love this. I love glam, and I love metal, but I don't really love glam metal. And so I'm combining them in my way. And then people are like, oh, yeah, you sound like fucking glam metal. It's like, oh, yeah. No joy. I guess I guess I just fucking, <laughs> you know. But, like, I'm not going to wear spandex. Uh, I don't think. <laughs> I'm not going to wear spandex. Like like those things where like they drop the ball, where they tie it to like five minutes in time. Um, you know, I'm not going to wear... Like, this, like I'm not going to... Like we're going to do what we do. So it does have thrash elements. It does have thrash preds. You know? You're kind of dressed like... Metallica minus Cliff Burton because I'm not going to wear that much fucking denim, you know, like uh, You'll probably never see me in, in, in bell bottoms like I I used to wear like some flares back in the day But I, I think I've moved on past I, I don't see myself wearing bell bottoms anymore Despite the fact they're coming back in and I still have some of my goddamn closet I don't think I'm wearing them and uh, you know like we have a we have a look we haven't said it uh, kind of metal kind of gothic kind of punk but also like I will dress up sometimes and it's glam because I do have to go on fucking dates and you're not gonna wear a goddamn like band shirt to like Ruth's Chris <laughs> you know I need to I need to wear something I can ruin by getting fucking steak sauce on it you know God damn it so <laughs> you know. Yeah, sorry. I'm giving you the longest answers possible because uh, because goddamn it, you deserve it. Because it, 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 it's the spooky way. Let's yeah, that's the spooky way. It's spooky how long my answers are. <laughs> what you got for us? Question is exactly the question died. I don't even know where we're at anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just good. I don't even worry about the question, but we can get a good flow of conversation going. Yes, just there for a guideline. It's like, are people so curious now because of all the shit talk, all the braggadocio, and the teasers? Like, they might say, well, fuck, I like horror movies. I like waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> you know, I like, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no one can relate to that. No one likes waking up at 5 a.m., but uh, I'm insane, and I do. <laughs> Oh, well, the worst is when you got to do shit at night, and it's like, you know, I went to fucking, you, you go to concerts, and I remember, like, I saw Suicidal Tendencies a few months ago, and they came on at, like, 
11 at night and I'm like hating life because I'm like I love this band but like I, I should have been in bed two hours ago like, right. <laughs> like right. I can't be doing this shit like I once saw Anthrax and Black Label it was too late to get caught in the mosh it's too late although I, I did I, I did mat, I did mosh to Black Label and I almost got killed but that's not good yeah People mosh different than they used to. You know, people used to actually know how to mosh, and now it's a bunch of people throwing fucking haymakers. Like, it, it's physical assault. That's not actually how you mosh. That's dumb. That's like, each other now. Like, that's not moshing. Like, that's not fun anymore, guys. You're, you're yeah, it, it's not cool. And, like, really, like, that's also part of the musical statement of, uh, of Spellbrander. It's like, what do I want to look at when I'm on stage? Well, I want to look at a bunch of fucking spooky, rad people. I want to see dudes. I want to see some fucking tits. I want to see people having a good time. I don't want to see a bunch of people, like, fucking, like, scared because, like, a bunch of, like, idiots are windmilling out there, like, right? doing fucking jump fly kicks. <laughs> like... Hey, bless your heart. More power to you, but that's not how you do it, kids. Um, you know, there's actually a goddamn mosh instructional video. And all you got to do is, uh, shit, it's probably on YouTube. But uh, when, I, when I was a kid, um, there was a video. You would have to buy a bootleg on, on VHS for Another State of Mind. And Another State of Mind was a documentary that they did in 1980 or 82 maybe it's 82 of social distortion going on like a really early tour like in this school bus that them and youth brigade and um fuck like at one point they meet up with like a very young minor threat when they're in dc and uh oh god there and there was some other band but they're all on tour and the bus is breaking down, and it shows you, and they tour in Canada, and they're getting fucked with by Canadian bikers, because, I mean, like, I'm a biker, like, I, I ride a motorcycle, but I, I was raised a punk rocker, too, and I hang out with bikers, and I've been in biker bands, so I kind of, like, I walk both worlds, you know, but classically, punks and, like, those classic rock beer belly biker boys like they didn't really jive very well there's a part of it where they're just pulled over and it's just some random dude but he gives you an instructional video on how to mosh he's like yeah this one you kind of come here and you kind of do this and you can take your your, your knees up and kind of go boom 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 this one right here this is called the pogo you kind of do this up and, you know and and he's just kind of like in a southern california ocd fucking like child of surfer's way giving you different mosh styles and this one you push I mean, you see all these mosh pits I and mean, you know lots of early Sam Haynes shows like they're out of control but they, those, more, those people were more aware of their bodies and surroundings even though they were very dangerous people but they were more aware of their bodies and surroundings than people are that I've seen in YouTube videos today because um, they were more respectful of each other. <laughs> there was, I think back then there was an idea that, uh, 
the adults think that we're a bunch of fucking psycho idiots, and uh, we're not. We're actually just trying to get our aggression out through our music because this is our. And so there was this kind of contract where they were they were bad people. <clears throat> oh yeah. And they would yeah. Each other up bottles and you know barf on each other, but. You do a lot of performing and a lot of stage work. Um, where does your mind go when you're on stage and what you're thinking about while you're in front of an audience? I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> I've, been on, I've been on stage a million fucking times. Uh, I've got my hours in. And I've been in... Actually, you know, the times that I can remember aren't great. You know, like, if you think, you stink. If, if like I I I can I have recollections of moments and stuff, but watching video is a lot better for me. Um, my my mind goes to a different place, and on my best, I am gone, you know, and I am completely. I'm on a plane where I'm performing. I'm locking down an audience. <clears throat> I trust my band enough that I am not thinking about what they're doing. And, um, I mean, my band and I, we rehearse a lot. So there is, <clears throat> we are shit tight. So I can get myself in that space to where I don't know what I'm thinking. Like, it, 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 there is this thing where I have rehearsed it so much that there is a there is a muscle memory as to where my hands are supposed to go. I'm, like, what's the third verse of this song? I don't fucking know, but if I'm singing the song, I know them all. I know all the words, all my songs, which, after you've written as many songs and played as many songs, I shouldn't remember this stuff. I'm not that smart. You get in the zone. Okay. Yeah. That zone and then you <clears throat> lose now, your focus. Yeah. You know, people say focus, but it's lose your focus. Well, that's it. Like, so focus, focus is a great way of putting it, but it's a focus to a degree where it's deeper than you are. Um, like, cause, like, Spellbinder does not do improvisational playing. But, um, you know, outside of Spellbinder, I am a lead guitar player. I play rock and roll. And improvisational lead guitar playing is one of the things that I do. And there is a level of non-thinking if you think you stink, but it is also the deepest focus. Like, um, you know, Miles Davis would just say, like, no, the dude couldn't concentrate. Like, you, you have to be able to concentrate, which that's another word for clearing your mind, is concentrating on nothing. It's like so, another type of meditation. Yeah, it is a form of meditation, and uh, and and performance is that too. But you like I, you do have certain responsibilities in my eyes. If you're going to perform well, there are bands that stand in one place. They don't. I uh, I believe in engaging my audience, challenging my audience, putting on a visually exciting show, looking cool doing it playing on cool fucking gear, having great fucking tones, having a good fucking mix. You guys can't see the guitar, but it is beautiful. It is gorgeous. Go go to go to my um, go to Spellbinder's Instagram or Facebook and yeah, 
I call it my mean green machine. And uh, yeah, um, Ola, Ola England, Solar Guitars. He, he's given me a lot of great knowledge, a lot of inspiration that helped me start Spellbrand. There was a lot of things that hadn't quite clicked me so that I couldn't produce a professional sounding product. Like, I, I, I've worked with a lot of producers and blah, 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 and I've tried to self-record my whole life. There was something keeping me from success. And through watching Ola England videos, and, uh, you know, that's how I found out about solar guitars, and a lot of things that facilitated Spellgrinder's success. You know, uh, yeah, like, where my mind goes when I'm performing is into the fucking stratosphere. But... A lot of times, I am not in the zone when I'm playing. And, uh, you know, that could be my drummer is playing every song too fast. Um, my guitar tone is not great. Or you know, any number of things because I'm a moody fucking dude. And it, when that's the case, I fucking fake it. Because I, like, then, like... I will, I, I still know I need to put on an engaging show yep. for the audience. I need to project fucking strength. I need to project confidence. I need to have engaging banter with the audience. But also run it like a Ramon show. So it's like, one, two, three, four, burn it, you know, and go in. Say something shitty. One, two, you know, and keep it going. Because I don't want people getting bored. You don't tune out loud. Yeah, like... I mean, I, I use a fucking Floyd Rose, so I'm in tune for the rest of my fucking life. I don't tune live, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> like, that, th those are things I do. Like, you know what I do to keep my head in the game during the show is I try to live my life righteously before the show. Like... I try to, like, you know, schedule my work day so I'm not too stressed out. I don't have a meltdown. Uh, I try to not fight with my wife. <laughs> not that that's something we do often. No, but, but it's important things. You yeah. can't lose your focus if you're going to go and do a show. Your mind can't... Yeah. You can't take a chance that your mind's going to wander while you're at your show. Like, oh, did yeah. I miss that work today? It, 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 and it does, you know, when you look at stuff, and, and, and I'm always, it's like riding a motorcycle. You're con like, I have really fascinating, oh, so everyone here, that, that was my finger snapping faster than any fingers have ever snapped in the history of 29 palms. So, <laughs> 29 fingers hitting palms. That, that's the sound of that, for your information, you know, because this is ASMR, because... Nerds need to touch themselves the weird shit too, so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, no, like, so because of the nature of my brain, I am constantly just blah, all the fucking time, but it's scanning. And so, yeah, when I'm riding my motorcycle, when I'm driving my car, when I'm playing solos, you're just in a state. Do you guys ever do ghost hunting? Those ghost hunting radios that scan the stations and you just find, like, uh, are you here with us? And, like, it'll come up with, like, a bit of this station, that station, and it'll be like, yeah, I'm right behind you. You know, like, that kind of shit? That's how my brain works. It's just constantly, and, like, you know, um, being able to, like, tune out the chaos and focus that energy, 
it's 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 a trick, but like that's the thing. Like when you are playing, if you're a Zen master, I mean, like cool, but like, what if someone pulls out their titties? All right. What if those are the nicest tits you've ever seen? Okay. What if they're the worst tits you've ever seen? Can you deal with those scenarios? All right. What if it's a dick? What if it's the biggest dick you've ever seen? What if it's a slump? Can you play past this? Yeah. Yeah. No? And you have to be able to. And, and actually, you have to be able to make that awesome. You know, like, because like, there's all these opportunities, and that's the cool thing about performing. So, like, when I'm not playing shows and I'm letting music videos do the, uh, do the touring for me, I'm missing out on that. Like, the way that you do bounce off an audience. Audiences give you feedback. It's negative feedback, it's positive feedback, but it yields interesting, often great results, and that's art. And, you know, ultimately, that's my goal, is it, it's art. It's art, and uh, by promoting my art and doing the art for the best of my ability, ability I, I want it to result in success. In set, success just defined by being able to make the art the way I want to make it, uh, in a time frame that I want to make it. Because, you know, I told you I was a professional musician, um, touring musician, studio musician, playing what I was paid to play. Um, with them saying, you know, I think you should dress like this because that's what's good for the band. It's just like, I mean, you guys could tell, like, the, the people listening can probably tell that I am the coolest person in the history of 29 Palms. But, uh, you know. That you're the coolest like, person. Would you, would you tell the, the, the coolest person in the history of 29 Palms how to dress? No, he, I was just on lockdown, right? But, uh, you know, I mean, that's how it is, right? So, like, success for Spellbinder is, I, I'm engaging more fans than I ever have in any of my own projects in the past. I'm selling more t-shirts than I ever have. Um, more people are listening to my stuff on Spotify. I don't know, shit. Like, last last month, I made 20 bucks on Spotify. That don't suck. That don't suck, you know? Like, no, now, Spotify 20 bucks is this good money. <laughs> that, that's good money. Like, now... With all the listens that happened, like, if they would have all bought the album, like, I'd be talking to you on a solid gold MacBook right now. But uh, that's not how that works, because not everyone that hears you is missing that in their life, or at least not for them, you know? Like, I, I don't need anyone to bend over backwards for Spellbinder, because Spellbinder's awesome. If it ain't for you, cool. But there's someone out there... This is what they're missing. There is no heavy metal band that hits like the Stooges until Spellbinder. There's no heavy metal band that has like Anthrax and like fucking, you know, yep. Nirvana. Both in, actually, Nirvana has Anthrax. No, Anthrax has both Nirvana and Anthrax in the White Noise album. You guys are you guys are very good original. Like it, I, I like it. I like the whole outfit. I like the whole vibe, the music, it all fits together. Thank you. We're getting close to the end. We're pretty much at the end of the interview right now. Uh, it's been very cool talking to you. I mean, you are a fucking rad dude. Ah, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all rad. Thanks, uh, 
everybody knows the Nixus question is coming up next. So Spooky, if you get to sit down with little Spooky right now, what would you tell yourself? Oh my God! So that, that's I mean, we're all watching the Marvel movies. It's a hard thing. Um, I could go back and say, dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be married to a babe. You, you're going to be a cool fucking dude. But I would be robbing me of what fueled me. And what fueled me was not the knowledge that I was going to be a cool dude. But I did have a fucking, I had an idea that I was meant for more than I was achieving at the time. And uh, also fueled by a need to get revenge against everyone that ever didn't think that I was going to be fucking successful. <laughs> so, so I don't know if I would rob young me of that uncertainty because that was a great, you know, so... That's a hard one. It's a hard one. Like, you know, I mean, in a way, I could tell him it's all going to be okay, but I feel like I'd be robbing me of my, my, my biggest tool, which is just like that uh, stress. There's, I, there's no bad answer. I mean, we got everything from don't drink too much to it's going to be okay to I don't want to answer this question because I wouldn't change my path. No, yeah, well, that's it. Like, so my life is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, and I had a hard life. It was really hard. And it had to be that way. I had to go through it to get to it. And uh, and so, you know, maybe, maybe I wouldn't go back and tell myself anything, but I would go into the other room and I would go, like, beat the fucking shit out of my mom's uh, third husband. <laughs> well, that's another answer. See, we hadn't heard that one in since the first time. Yeah, no, but no one, no one's comfortable saying mean shit. But uh, but uh, I would probably just beat the crap out of that guy. Um, unfortunately, he's got. I, I mean, my mom's not with him anymore. But she's like, oh, you know, the guy has cancer. He's dying, and I'm bummed out about that because. I was hoping I would just get a chance to go beat the shit out of him, like beat him to death. But uh, if if nature does it for me, like that's a missed opportunity. See that? Yeah, but that's your karma not being touched by his own karma. <laughs> yeah, but it's also good inspiration for songs. And uh, like yeah. that that shit comes from guys like, you know, if you're a sicko, you could be a sicko. You know, uh, young me knew that. Old me doesn't even tell. Actually, you know what? So young me knows a lot of shit that old me knows. Like, really, like, there was a period of time where <clears throat> I was having a hard time finding the balance. Because I've always been a rock and roll scumbag. But um, finding the balance between, like, you know, figuring out a way to have a place to live. Having enough money to date. If that's even an option at the time. Because it's not always. Sometimes cost too much money to date or like you know what I mean like you're just not responsible enough to date it will throw you off your game if you date <laughs> so you know uh, I think all that trouble all that trial I would not rob myself of the uh, 
the motivation I got from trying to get out of that. Oh, I completely get that. Well, Spooky, I appreciate you sitting down with me and Ames today talking about Spellgrinder. It's nice to know a little bit more behind the band, you know, the image you guys have. Now that I know that it's all important, it's all it's, it's all marketing, right? It's all, but it is you are. It, it's who I am, but you gotta market it if you want people to buy it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, who I am, but uh, let's monetize it because these guitars don't pay for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. You got something you want to say before we head out? Yeah. Um, everyone, go check out the Forest Hills movie. Uh, it's a new horror movie coming out. Shelley Duvall, Edward Furlong. Uh, it is awesome and it features Spellgrinder on the official soundtrack. Um, Spellgrinder has a new album, album self-titled, or we call it Spellgrinder 1, because that is what awesome bands do. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, Danzig, they didn't have names, they had Led Zeppelin 1, right? Now I have a bunch of movies to go watch, a bunch <laughs> of bands to go listen to, Sisters of Mercy, ACDC. Oh. ACDC. I mean, let's go. I'm going to get educated, and I'll probably message you after I watch uh, Suburban Commando. Because Hearing from you get yeah, yeah. Uh, Suburban Commando, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sober up before, you know, don't say anything out of anger. You know, <laughs> like, there's, an hour, there's 90 minutes of my goddamn life. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I'll be in touch with you. I'll send you a copy of the interview. Once we have it up on streaming platform, Ames, always a pleasure to have you with me. All right, guys. Well, this was Melanie Nick with the podcast. Um, on Spotify, every streaming platform. Make sure you follow Spellgrinder. Make sure you give us a follow. Ames has a page too. Make sure you give her a follow. Uh, she'll be doing some interviews too, so you don't want to miss it. Um, well, I'll catch you guys next week. Bye.